Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 24. You know I love putting you on the spot and I'm going to do it again today. Um, Our listeners love it as well. They've told me. Um, So (laughs) I was listening to your Slow Your Home podcast earlier this week. Um, This is the one that you do with your lovely husband, Ben. Hello, Ben. Um, You guys are in the middle of your meditation experiment and you were discussing the various guided meditations on offer in the Insight Timer app that you guys are using. And you mentioned, you, Brooke, mentioned there was one called a meditation for self-confidence. And you joke that perhaps you should be doing one that one every day. <laughs> What's that about, Brooke? <laughs> well, if anyone's listened to the um, Inner Mean Girl conversation that you and I had a couple of months ago, like I kind of I kind of get into the fact that I've got this really, really nasty, bitchy person living inside my head and I've been dealing with it and trying to combat it and try to put her in her place for a long time. And if I'm honest, confidence is probably my biggest obstacle, Um, probably always has been looking back. And I think it's actually becoming less so as I acknowledge it, which is something that I've found over the last few years, sharing my story in various ways. Like the more I engage with something, the more honest I am about it, the less slightly terrifying it is. But confidence, self-confidence in a, you know, in a dialogue, all that stuff, I just, I struggle with significantly still to this day. And I stumbled across the meditation for (laughs) self-confidence on Insight Timer. And I've done it a handful of times and it's actually really phenomenal. It The first time I listened to it, I, I kind of rolled my eyes. Yeah, I have quite... to admit, I listened to it the other day and I was like, I did the same. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really I really shut down with the woo level initially. Yeah. And, but the thing is, we're doing an experiment, a meditation experiment. I realized within about 30 seconds, if I don't allow myself to be open to this experience, I'm going to get exactly zero out of it. So I you know, shut that skeptical side of my brain off and just went through the the meditations of like 11 or 12 minutes or something, talking about cleansing our solar plexus chakra and, you know, visualizing different colors and, and the healing properties of that and letting go of, you know, stagnant issues and stress and tension and, and you know, a lack of confidence, all those things. And I actually found it incredibly rewarding and really healing, which I think is probably one of the reasons why confidence has been on my radar again a lot lately because I've been engaging with it. Um, yeah, but I've, I, like, short answer, I struggle with, with self-confidence a lot to a point where it's really detrimental. Like I'll, re- I'll I remember speaking at an event a couple of years ago and I was speaking in front of about 200 people for 40 or 50 minutes, which is a big, like, that's a big deal. I don't love public yeah. speaking. But I remember distinctly getting up there and all for me, even if it's a workshop with 20 people, like the first 10 or 15 minutes is a nightmare for me. I just like I get flushed and I sweat and I it's this voice in the back of my head saying, they don't care what you are saying. You are boring. You are like full of crap. You sound like an idiot. Everything you say is coming out wrong. Like You, you look stupid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's 
honestly really, really horrible. And I remember at this this uh, like event, 15 minutes kind of went by and usually I'm like, okay, now she's going to pipe down because like I persevered and it just got worse and worse and worse to the point where by the end of my session, she was like screaming inside my head all these horrible vitriolic things that I would never say to another human being in my entire life and I remember walking off and and going to the bathroom and like crying for three hours like an idiot (laughs) and the realization that this is something that I am doing to myself in some you know in some way uh was kind of jarring so it's it's something that I'm well aware of and I'm still trying to work out the best way to to work through it and honestly I think it's just a little bit by little bit and yeah so that's (laughs) That's where I'm at. (laughs) It's really interesting to me this this lack of self confidence thing that you have because obviously it's like I looking from the outside in, I see you as an accomplished, clever person um, who knows her shit, um, is very articulate. Um, and obviously, you know, you know, we're very similar in a lot of ways as well. We have similar interests. Um, I feel we have similar talents. We come from similar backgrounds and I'm completely the opposite to you. I'm really confident and I I find, first of all, I hate your inner mean girl. She's just a cow. <laughs> Far out. I loathe her. Um, but I just, it interests me like how people, how two people with such similar backgrounds can can have these different experiences with self-confidence because I read um, something, I read an interesting article on Inc.com a little while ago by Bill Murphy Jr. Um, it was about, he was talking about if you want to raise entrepreneurial kids, Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, I can't say his name. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is how you say his yeah, name. I think so. That's how I his, say it. His dad says to do these things. Um, and a, a quote that I took out of that article was that kids will grow up to be willing to take risks if they have a stable background from behind them behind them and that's certainly been my experience I have a very stable background my parents um you know they weren't standing there going take risks kids but they were just you know supportive of any risks that we took they never um I never had a go at us for failing at anything or they never said I told you so or I told you you shouldn't try that thing and I so when I think about my own confidence I kind of pin it on that I kind Mm. of pin it on my parents never putting a ceiling on anything that I, you know, because I've always been this never die wandering kind of person. I would much, much rather, let's say our last show was about regrets and, um, I, you know, I don't like regrets and, and one of the biggest regrets I could ever have is to look back in life and go, I didn't try that thing. I didn't try. You know, yeah. I would much, much rather try something, fail disastrously and be able to strike it off a list than never have a crack at it at all. And my parents really fostered that in me. Like they provided a very safe environment to try and fail. And so that's what I kind of, because, you know, I want my kids to be confident kids too because I think it's a really good life skill to have. Um, oh, quite absolutely. Useful. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, yes. <laughs> yeah. But I guess so it's interesting to me to look at you because I go, I look at you and I go, despite this lack of confidence, do you feel that you've still achieved a lot or do you look at your life and go, I could have done more if I had more confidence? There's a big question. Sorry. It's a massive <laughs> question. Um, and I, I, I want to be clear, I don't have any real answers to any of this stuff because I'm very much still grappling with it. Like I'm happy to talk about it because I'm 
you know, really willing to share the fact that I really do struggle with this, but I, I haven't come to a whole heap of conclusions or anything. My family was very similar to yours, you know, really supportive, really like, never were we made to feel bad if we decided to give something up or change or, um, you know, change what we're into. Like I remember it's really interesting. Actually, I distinctly remember crying in bed when I was a kid for many nights because I didn't want to do gymnastics anymore. Like no one, <laughs> literally no one in my family could have cared less. Uh, like there was, you know, no big push that I'd be a gymnast or anything like that. It was like, oh, okay, that's fine. No worries. <laughs> you don't have to go. You know, and I think, so I think part of it is that I just internalize that pressure and, and make it way more than it actually is uh, because my my family sort of was in, very similarly supportive to you, to yours. Um, I, I think if anything, I, I was cr- quite creative um as a kid and my parents did a lot to try and encourage that like I went to camps and did writing workshops and things like that and I think more than anything we were kind of raised to be um like rule sticklers you know and there's nothing wrong with that like we were raised to be respectful and um but I think somewhere along the line I internalized that as being like don't ever step out of the box that wasn't right. something that I was that that I was taught by anyone, but it was like I, I took this guidance of you know being respectful and doing the right thing and you know thinking about others and all that kind of stuff, and I turned it up to eleven and I put it on myself to then never like don't ever step out of that even if what you're doing is still within those values like you need to stay in this kind of box and and you know, it would be completely unfair to put that on anyone except me and the way I internalize that. So I think to answer your question, um, like I'm proud of certain things. Um, I, I, you know, I'm proud of the way that I have been able to connect with people and every day I get emails from people thanking me for either blog posts that I've written or, you know, podcast episodes or things that I've made that have connected with people or helped them in some way. And that's, like that's amazing, but I don't feel like I can take any any credit at all for that because that's on the people who have made the changes. That's on the person who's come to the conclusion. That's on the person who's, you know, who's made this shift in how they live their life and now they're in a really happy, good place. Like that's not on me. That's on them. They've done all the work. So, but you've provided an a moment for them, I guess, a light bulb moment for them that yeah. has that has then encourage them to go on and make you know and affect something really good in their life don't think yeah and I can see that like I I can see that but I I still have a big (laughs) a really hard time in making that at all about me or anything that I've done um so 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 here's a question for you so then what drives you in what you're doing if you don't if you can't take the credit for what for the the changes that you're affecting in people's lives. And you to listeners, again, I'm just dumping stuff on Brooke here. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> we have, we've not talked any of this out. Um, I'm just generally interested to, yeah, what what does drive you to keep creating and keep doing what you're doing? Because if it's not, if you can't take credit for these changes that people are making, why, yeah, what what do you keep doing it for? That is such a good question. 
And it really is. It's an incredibly good question, you bastard. You might, you might need to go away and ponder that one. Uh, <laughs> Ben's taking notes exactly. while he produces this show. Yeah. Oh, this must be incredibly enlightening. <laughs> um, I. What drives me? I, I, I want. I want. I want to help. I want. I want to spread the idea of you know living in a more intentional kind of way because it has had such a massive impact on me and I know that it has an impact on other people. Like I, I think that there is so much to be gained in life by choosing to live a more awake, sort of aware, mindful life. Yeah. Um, and I, I, like I genuinely want to share that with people because I think so many people are hurting, so many people are lost and sort of plodding through as I myself was for a long time mm-hmm. and – just knowing how rich and incredible life can be if we if we make that shift is enough for me to want to share it but it's um like i feel like it's too egotistical for me to say that i want to like that i Brooke McCallery want to help people because like what do i you know what i mean what do i have yeah. to, to offer people so yeah. it's it's a, it's a really strange kind of uh, you know, tension between like, yeah, understanding that I have something to share and something that I'm passionate about and something that I think is important, but then also battling the the self-doubt and the, you know, the voice in my head that's saying, you have nothing to offer. So it's, it's, a re- it's really strange. And I, I can now at least understand that that's a strange kind of yeah you know, well it's like you don't want to take out. credit it's like you you see it as as because i mean one of the talking points I, i'm noted down for this podcast was that you know to discuss the difference between confidence and arrogance and i think it's almost like you feel that if you take credit for some you know great change that someone's made in their life um that that's crossing over into arrogance you know that's actually probably quite close to the like to the nail being on the hitting the nail on the head because I think when I was in high school um someone once gave like I was having a a tough time with some people and um someone (laughs) gave me a card that was like a it was really thoughtful. It was a lovely, a lovely thing to do. And she wrote a really nice message in it. But on the top, it was something along the lines of like tall poppy syndrome. Mm. And I think from then on, it was always kind of, well, let me not be a tall poppy. Like because yeah. confidence and arrogance, I guess, to put it in, you know, in your language were confused by me as a 15 or 16 year old. And if I was neither of those things, then I certainly wouldn't be a target. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I think there's something there's something really in that because it does feel inherently arrogant for me to say, Hey, you're welcome. If someone says thank you for your podcast or your workshop or something, it feels really arrogant for me to say you're welcome. <laughs> Which is nuts because they just like you know So rationally you know it's nuts. Yeah, but But I find it incredibly uncomfortable to take anything for what people have have taken out of it and you know when I I I ran a jewelry label for a few years um you know back in the early mid 2000s 
And I had a really hard time looking at people when they gave me money for the things that I made as well. So it's not like that's not a new thing. You know, I've really had a a difficult time accepting any kind of thanks or payment or anything for, you know, for something that I've created. Uh, Yeah, which is interesting, actually. I'd I'd not I'd not kind of added those two up to, to kind of come to the same conclusion, but. Yeah, this is so interesting to me. It's like um, one of my very best friends is very similar to you in that you know, she's very accomplished, very good at what she does um, and just finds it very hard to take credit for anything great that she's ever done or achieved and it's been like my lifelong mission. We've been friends for over 20 years for her to real- make to kind of get her to realise how awesome she is Um and so I'm kind of getting to ask you all the questions that I've never been able to, you know, I don't have a podcast with her, so I can't sit down and ask her these. And they, these are just not questions that come up in everyday life. But I just think that this this confidence thing, it kills me when I see people, again, yeah, who are very accomplished and great at what they do and have so much to offer the world, but they just don't believe in it. Mm. And I And this, I guess, what I really admire about you, Brooke, is that despite that, you still push on and do it anyway. And I find that is such an interesting tension that despite not believing or not feeling that you're able to take the credit for the changes that you affect in people or help people achieve, you still keep going. Yeah, it's some kind of insanity, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I'd love to know. I mean, that's a difficult one to unpack and trying to put your finger on as to the whys or the hows of that. But um, I guess almost that's something that people could maybe take away from because, you know, what can people take away from this conversation other than me like going, just be more confident, come on, Um, is that, okay, if confidence is an issue, like you said, like first of all acknowledging that it's something that might be holding you back is a good first step but then the, a good other step to take is to go yeah yeah that's there but no matter what like I, I realize that this is a thing but I'm not going to let it stop me at least trying yeah. and having you know and, and and doing these things is serving the world I guess like I this this is kind of my vision this is my INFJ idealist coming out here um I want everybody to have the ability to be their best selves because when everyone's their best selves, they're able to serve the world in the way that the world most needs from them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just, you know, envision a world where everybody is able to serve in the way that's, you know, that they're best able to serve. And I think that that would be such a cool place to live. Um, and that's what I guess I love about blogging and, you know, the circles that you and I move in is that that's what blogging and podcasting and this online world has allowed so many of us to do is like if we didn't have this online world, how would we be serving the world in this way that we love and that is, you know, whether we think we are or not, making good changes and helping people be their best selves. Like I think it's such, yeah, I think it's such a cool place that we've gotten to and, yeah, I love the fact that, yeah, even though you don't feel or even though you don't want to take credit for what anybody's doing or thinking or good things that are happening in the world, you're still pushing on and I, I think that's great. Yeah, I think um, – <laughs> thanks, Kel, first of all. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I listen to a lot of interviews with, um, you know, creative people 
I'm thinking specifically like of Mark Maron's podcast and Nerdist podcast. Um, but one of the things that I, I always, I, I always really find myself super engaged with is these stories of people who feel kind of not dissimilar, but they're creative and they have a talent, they have a gift, they, they have something that they love doing and they are filled with self-doubt or even self-loathing or, you know, yeah. a real almost self-destructive kind of um, impulse and they still do it. And I, like, I find a great inspiration in that because, first of all, it makes me feel less like a, a crazy person. <laughs> and, um, you know, like, to me that's, that's a bravery um, yeah. And these are people who are doing things like on a global scale and people who I admire very much for their, their, you know, their openness, their humor, their art, their whatever. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's like, that's just something that I've, I've, I've probably recognized in people over the last couple of years that like, we, why do we still do it? You know, it's so painful. It's so excruciating. Like I only listened to my first full episode of my podcast like two weeks ago because it's excruciating <laughs> to me it's horrifying like sitting here right now you can't see me but my fingers and toes are all clenched <laughs> I'm like I'm so incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> about the fact that people are, are listening and taking things away from what I'm saying but I'm still doing it you know and that's I don't know I like I said, I don't know necessarily what that says. Hopefully that says that I'm at least coming to an awareness that I might have something to share with people that is of value and, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and, and I'm willing to put it out there. Whereas 10 years ago, I certainly wouldn't have been like, I was quite happy to sit in my room and journal for hours and hours and write books and books of poetry, but I would have died before I gave that to anybody. Um, so, you know, I think in a way that's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And I, I'm finding myself, um, drawn to like, a desire to be even more creative over the last kind of few months as well. And that might be part of it. I don't know, tapping back into that part of me that feels the most like me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really I think what weird. you've probably discovered <laughs> is that despite everything, um, it's not fatal. <laughs> like, yeah, ex- when well, exactly. When you share something of your – and I guess this is the um, – Oh, I can't remember the quote, but you know, it's something along the lines of you know, you just if you are if you have something to offer, just share it. Like whether you're a, cre- I don't want to just narrow it down to creative people, but it's mo- this message is often pitched at creative people who we like. You know, we like to create in isolation, but we don't want to let anybody see our work. We don't want to share our work with the world, but we can't grow and we can't get better if no one is seeing our work. And so I think that's where you've probably gotten to is that, you know, a lot of people, they tentatively put their feelers out in their world. They tentatively share things. The beautiful thing about the online world generally is the stuff that doesn't resonate. People don't go, oh, my God, I can't believe you just wrote that. You suck. Like, it doesn't (laughs) resonate. Not the people who don't live in my head anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the stuff that doesn't resonate, it just doesn't resonate and – that's it. You just don't get any response at all, which is sometimes a little bit heart-wrenching when you put something out that you think has great worth and then you get crickets. But it's very bearable Mm. and it's definitely not fatal and it's made totally like those times you get crickets, which is like often like I've been writing online for six years now 
and I still often get crickets because um, you just don't know what's going to resonate with people and what's not. But the times that something really does resonate and the times where something, you know, you write or do something that moves people to get in contact with you to say that thing that you wrote or that thing that you said really made me think or really made me look at this thing in my life or it, effect, it, made, it led to me making this change. Like those moments are relatively few when you compare it to just how much we're creating but they just make all of that so worth it. But if we never, ever put stuff out, we just never, ever get those things mm. coming back to us. So I think that's what I would say, to, you know, if, if there's one overriding message and there's people because I just know there's so many people out there who are in the same boat as you who are, you know, struggling with this lack of confidence and kind of want to know you can't just flick it on. You can't just – it's not a switch. Um, and I think it probably does come from just putting stuff out there, putting stuff out there, not being afraid to put stuff out there, which is a slightly different thing. Like there's that fear of, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try. So just overcome that fear of not trying, put stuff out. And eventually enough of the good stuff is going to come back to you. That's going to, something is eventually going to filter into your head to make you go, you know what? I did good. Yeah, and I think there's, like, for me, one of the things I have learned and one of the reasons, I guess, that I've been able to do some of the things that I have is I, I do fake it, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I think that's a genuinely useful way to deal with that yeah. feeling. Like, I, I fake it till I make I went on TV a couple of years ago um, and that was one of the most <laughs> extreme uncomfortable situations I've ever put myself in. Because like, I didn't know how people would respond at all. I had no idea, you know, so it was incredibly uncomfortable. And I did it anyway because it, because I could see that it was a good opportunity yeah. because it was something that I was curious about. Um, but if the voice in my head or my confidence had of one, I would have stayed at home and never, never done it. Like I would never have answered the email. I would never have engaged with the idea. So like that is a big part of it. And that's one of the things I take from all those interviews and conversations with creative people that I listen to. They fake it a lot of the time, like in their heads, they're having these, these voices shouting at them. You suck, you know, no one cares, but they do it anyway. And, you know, I think for me, that's been a big part of getting stuff done, even though I don't necessarily think that like <laughs> I'm worthy of doing it, you know, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And it's so funny because to someone like me, I'm kind of like, you guys fake it? Like, come on. Like, you know, <laughs> you shouldn't have to fake it. Just do it. But that's coming from the place where I am, where I think, you know, because it's funny, I always read those things that you fake it till you make it kind of suggestions in a, a lot of self development articles. And I kind of think, why should people have to fake it? Like, you know, they should just be themselves. And, but I guess, yeah. I never think of it from the point of view of the people that don't necessarily believe. And I guess I, I, if I go back a little bit in my life, I do remember things where if I achieved something, I didn't give myself any credit for that thing because I'm like, well, if I did it, then really anyone could do this. Um, and it's, yeah. Yeah, and it's taken a really, really long time for me to – come to the realization that no you know if everybody could do it they would yeah. you know so this thing that you've done just be proud of it mm. ultimately like just be proud 
give yourself a pat on the back. You don't have to like, you know, go and shout it from the rooftops, but just, you know, just bask in the satisfaction of that thing for a little while and then move on to the next. Yeah. And I think there's a big, uh, for me, there's a really important um, distinction to make between faking confidence and faking what, like my message. Yes. Because I fully wholeheartedly believe in what I talk about. You know, yep. I really am completely passionate about the fact that that can change people's lives because it's changed mine. My faking comes into the like, the <laughs> the the mode of delivery, I guess. Yeah. Um, like I, sometimes I just have to cringe and close my eyes and hit publish. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I believe I believe very strongly in in what I'm saying. It's just it's awful that I <laughs> that I'm the one saying it. <laughs> and I think actually that's a really really interesting point for people to take home is you know as long as you believe wholeheartedly in your message then just do whatever it takes to get that message out there and yeah and that that and that might be the way to push through some of those you know mm. push push back against those shitty voices in your head is this going to get us a like a you know explicit rating on probably <laughs> i I have, to, I have to rate our, our explicitness anyway so <laughs> um i only just said it once um <laughs> but yeah i think that's such an important thing to take home is yet yeah, believe wholeheartedly in your message believe that what you're doing is good and worthwhile and then however you get that out there into the world mm-hmm. whatever you need to do to get that out there into the world just do it it's yeah it's an acceptable discomfort Yes. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag LetItBePod. Or uh, head over to letitbe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt, you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then... uh, Jackrabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.